Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, June 17, 2013. Tonight on the show, we have R&B artist and the son of the king of stage and R&B, Bobby Brown. We have Mr. Landon Brown. Going to kick it old school tonight and say, here we go. My co-host tonight hosts the David Bowers Awards on Sunday afternoon. Uh, please welcome to the program the David Bowers. David, how are you? Hola, doing fine. How about yourself? I'm doing all right, sir. Did you say hola due to the uh, the Supreme Court ruling on the uh, voting thing? No, you don't want to hear my opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I did. <laughs> I, didn't, I think our opinions may differ in that regard. Um, yeah, well, we can debate that another time. <laughs> Let's talk about happier things like, hey, 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 David, hey. Hey. Um, so I realized, uh, you know, I've been so busy lately. Um, tomorrow is the third anniversary of Blaze and Rye Radio, and usually we have this big, you know, two years ago we did this big spectacular live show in um, in Midtown Manhattan, and um, last year we did a like a three-hour epic episode with about a, a you know like a thousand guests and uh awesome. this time it's just you me and landon brown what, what, what do you think about that well i think you should have told me i could have had some champagne ready for you we could have popped a cork and uh, at least had a lot of fun even if it was just the three of us besides <laughs> the champagne's cheaper for only three but congratulations i'm i'm, re- I'm really happy for you three years huh oh thank you yeah three years it's uh I mean, I, I'm, I'm very, uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. I didn't, you know, th- this year we didn't prepare uh, a big, uh, spec- you know, you know what it reminds me of is David Letterman used to do these big anniversary shows when he used to host uh, the late night show on NBC. And mm-hmm. at some point he just stopped doing them and he would just kind of announce like I'm doing now that, oh, yeah, t- today we've been on the air for, for 30 years. So I'm wondering, you know, if it took Dave 30 years to get jaded and took me three, then, then that's not a good sign. <laughs> Either that or you, you you reached your peak faster than he did. I mean, you got to look at the positive. You've got to find a way to get positive spin out of it. But I don't think reaching my peak faster than he did is positive at all. Well, yeah, it took you less time to get there. Now, how long you stay there is a total other story. <laughs> but, hey, it only took you three years to get there. It took him 30. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will still uh, have fun, just three of us, and everyone should just keep their ears and eyes open because uh, we may be doing a little something after all. Um, so, uh, David, tell me a little bit about uh, the show that you do, the David Bowers Awards, and where people can uh, find that on the Internet. Okay, well, it, it's really easy to find. All you have to do is remember my name. I put my name on everything so that even I can remember it. And we are right here along with you, brothers, on Blog Talk Radio. The show is the David Bowers Awards, and we call it that simply because we decided there were so many awards shows going around that uh, why not make every show an awards show and just avoid the last-minute rush. So every show is an awards show. And our listeners and our guests 
uh, pick the awards. There's no nominating committees. There's no silly voting or any stunts or anything. It's a case of if you think somebody deserves to be complimented or panned, that's who gets the award. You just speak it out. And the focus of our show is, of course, is music and the people who make it. And on every show, we introduce, um, we'll introduce artists from the world of music. We'll have some that are very well known. We'll uh, have others that are a lot lesser known. And we'll even introduce total unknown new artists and uh, play their music and sit down and talk with them for a while and uh, get a little bit of uh, where they're coming from. It's really a casual affair, a lot like uh, what you do. It's a case of, uh, you know, pull up a chair, sit around the coffee table, and uh, let's have a good time, and we'll talk music and the people who make it. And, and when is a, the uh, next episode? And if I uh, can get in a, a gratuitous self-plug at this point in time, we've got a really interesting, and I think it's going to be a fun show coming up for Fourth of July weekend, the closest thing we've got to a celebration right now. And uh, we are celebrating the roots of rock and roll with some of the class acts uh, from the old days of rock and roll. We have live with as many original members as possible. We have the Crests. We have uh, George Galfo's Mystics, the original Hushabye group. We have uh, the Coasters. We also have Jimmy Clanton. And have Diamond Dave Somerville, and if you're not familiar with him and you remember the oldies, you are familiar with the Diamonds who did the uh, Stroll and uh, uh, Little Darling. Well, uh, Diamond Dave was the leader of that group. He later went on to work with several other groups and has an amazing show of his own that he does with his own band uh, called Tales from the Greyhound Bus, where he... Uh, does the music from the 50s and 60s of each of the artists, and he has a seemingly endless catalog of stories that he can tell. As you remember, back in those days, all travel was by bus or car, and they would get mm -hmm. groups together. As a matter of fact, Dick Clark uh, named his national tour the Caravan of Stars because they did. They caravaned in buses, and uh, Dave Somerville has some amazing stories of the stars of the day because he was on the bus with these guys and gals and uh, just has an amazing time. We've got the platters also, and uh, we'll probably have a few surprises. I know we're going to have at least one oldies DJ. We've got Joe T. from Oldies Plus Radio who's going to be stopping by. And uh, as you just kind of implied about tonight, you never really know for sure what's going to happen. It's going to be a full show, and I suspect we'll probably have a couple other surprises along the way. That's going to be Sunday, July 7th, 2 to 4 p.m. or longer, right here on Blog Talk Radio. You can find me on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, uh, thedavidbowers.com is the mailing address, and uh, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at thedavidbowers. That sounds like quite a lineup. What if, what if we just change the title of the show to the Blaze and Rye Third Anniversary Show? There we go. We could have you an anniversary show. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said Little Darling. That's the second time you mentioned this song in the last two episodes. And I'm, I wondered the last time, there's a, there's a Hootie and the Blowfish song on their self-titled album. And when you said that, it got me to thinking that maybe they didn't write it. I'm going to try and... Their song, tell me if this is the same song as your guy's song, but their song goes, Hello, little darling, don't know why you're crying. Is that the same song no. or is it different? No, no, this this was a totally different song, and it is an early rock classic. 
and I won't try to sing it because my <laughs> voice has changed so much over the years that I couldn't do justice to it. You probably wouldn't even recognize it if I did it. But you can find it on uh, on YouTube and a lot of the other uh, music sites, Little Darling by the Diamonds and uh, Diamond David Somerville, who is one heck of a nice guy. As a matter of fact, uh, all these guys are. I, I really enjoy working with them because they are the tremendous people. They're the kind of guys that you can sit down and chat with. I mean, you don't have a lot of uh, ego problems and uh, rants. And uh, I mean, they're not above ranting if it's worth ranting about. But uh, they're just <laughs> a fun bunch of people. I know. Uh, I'm going to try to make a uh, a show in the area here uh, that's going to be uh, this coming up this week with the. Uh, with the Crests and the Mystics, and uh, that should be a fun show, too. If you see these guys, they're out, they're still traveling, and like I said, there are some of the original members are still around uh, working in the groups, like uh, George with the Mystics, who I keep referring to because I know them, and uh, we have a great time together. But uh, to get a chance, get out and see these shows, because it's every bit as much fun. As a matter of fact, it's more so because it's live than the PBS specials that they do with the oldies acts on it. They really get out there, and uh, you just relive the past and have a good time for a couple hours. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a, a good time. Speaking of that, uh, my my past is, is a little less, uh, you know, there's a little less time as elapsed since mine, but my favorite band began in the uh, 1990s, uh, Counting Crows. You're familiar with them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Uh, the best concert I've ever seen since we're talking about summer concerts is it was Counting Crows at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York, and this was maybe about 2008 or so, and it was called the something like the Rebel Rockers Traveling Circus and Medicine Show, and it was Counting Crows, Michael Franti and Spearhead, and August Dana, all three bands, and well, what happened was there was no headliner, and there was never a single band on that stage at any time without somebody or, or more people from any other band who was playing with them that night. And so the lights faded to black, and then the curtain opened. I was there with my friend Ashley Olsen, and the curtain opened on all three bands on the same stage, and they all did uh, Caravan by Van Morrison. And I rarely will talk to the person that I'm with during a concert. I like to soak it all in. I won't talk to them after the first number usually, but after the first, after that caravan cover, I turned to Ashley and I said, that was awesome. And then they played for about four hours. And it, it was amazing because there were uh, different genres of music because Michael Franny and Spearhead is kind of, you know, reggae, kind of rock, kind of hip hop. And then Counting Crows is alternative 90s rock. And then uh, Augustana is more 2000s, the adult contemporary or so. And uh, it was incredible. So this summer I saw that Counting Crows and the Wallflowers are playing the Hammerstein Ballroom. And I've seen those two bands together before. Uh, but since it's at this venue again, I kind of want to go and relive that magic night, Dave. Sure. This is next now, next Thursday night. So I, I hope to make it. Absolutely. I'd be interested in hearing uh, hearing how it went. I can just imagine it just sounds like a, a four-hour jam, really, with a you know slightly organized, but a, a four-hour jam. Yeah, yeah, uh, and luckily it's not a jam band, so I can actually you know sing along to the thing. But um, but they're <laughs> my favorite, uh, my favorite live band, and, and certainly my favorite band ever because they, it, you know, I don't know what it is about Adam Duritz, uh, but uh, he, we walked by him on the street actually. My, I have this 
horrendous day job, David, that I've talked to you about briefly before, but I was on my lunch break with my colleagues, uh, and uh, Adam Duris from Counting Crows, the lead singer, he walked by us, and uh, I, uh, I, like, froze. And, you know, this is, like, my favorite singer of all time. And this is just a couple Fridays ago. And I, I couldn't do anything. And then he kept walking. And then I turned to my friend Ryan. And I just started, like, jumping up and down. I'm like, that's him. That's him. That's the dude from Counting Crows. That's my favorite singer ever. And uh, he, my friends were like, why didn't you say something? So <laughs> I kind of regret having not said anything. But I, I didn't anticipate that moment. It just froze in my tracks. I know exactly what you mean. And, and I'm sure that uh, a lot of the listeners can relate in one way and don't believe it in another because, you know, we've, we've spent years interviewing these people, sitting down and talking with them for sometimes for long periods of time, and we've met them in person as well as going to the show as the listeners do. And it's, it's probably a little hard for them to understand, but, yes, it is true. We are human beings, and we can be overcome <laughs> by the moment, too. I've had that happen to me on more than one occasion uh, I sure. remember I remember not too many years ago, uh, longer than you've been following rock music, but uh, this was back in the 80s, I think it was, after, you know, after growing up with a boyhood idol, uh, a friend of mine, a co-worker, uh, called me up and said, get dressed, you're going with me. And uh, I was I was about uh, 30, 30 miles or so uh, outside of Los Angeles at that time. And uh, so, I, you know, I went home. I got ready. He came by, picked me up, wouldn't tell me a thing about where we're going. He drove into Los Angeles. Uh, I believe it was the old convention center. Uh, as a matter of fact, yeah, I'm not even sure, but I think it was the old convention center. And uh, uh-huh. we went in, and they were having this monstrous ski show. And I'm asking him, you know, what the hell is this? You know I'm not a skier. What, you don't <laughs> ski either. Uh, what uh-huh. is this? He says, just shut up and come with me. And he took me back okay. and introduced me to uh, their uh, uh, their uh, celebrity spokesman or grand marshal or whatever the, the celebrity status was for the ski show. And it turned out it was my boyhood idol, Clayton Moore, the Lone Ranger. This was during the period where he had to wear the sunglasses because of that horrible Clinton Spilsbury movie. Uh, and uh, uh, I got... For the first time in my life, I got to meet the man who was my boyhood idol, and it was one of those wow. shut-up moments. I, I, you know, I could barely speak to the man when he talked to me, and uh, it was yeah. uh, it was interesting because we got to we got to talk a little better. He did, and uh, we <laughs> uh, got to meet several times after that. And uh, I always looked forward to meeting him after I got over that initial thing. But it's happened to me on a lot of occasions. And, yes, the people who do the interviews do have feelings and can be be overcome by the moment, just like you guys. Yes, exactly. So we're going to pause there and get back to reminiscing from uh, 80 years ago. Uh, But first up, we are going to welcome... Uh, the son of the king of stage and R&B, and a talented R&B artist in his own right, Mr. Landon Brown. <laughs> Landon, how are you, sir? Landon, are you there? Hello? Landon, are you with us? David, David, David. I hear a baby talking. 
I do, I do hear a baby as well. Let me I see. think maybe huh. uh, maybe he's taking a second out to take care of the baby, and he's away from the phone or something. <laughs> Unless, Unless you've got one is... there in the studio with you and didn't tell us. Uh, <laughs> Landon Brown, are you there? Yeah, this is I. Hey. <laughs> hey, Landon, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys? We're doing all right. We just had a, uh, a a baby call in pretending to be you. I don't know who it was. <laughs> <laughs> a baby, huh? Interesting. It sounds like we're going to have fun. Yeah. All I know is the baby has a Brooklyn area code, so maybe it's one of my friends playing a prank on me. But, yeah, let's <laughs> let's have fun, and I, I'll know not to pick up on any Brooklyn callers for this, this time. We'll go only uh, L.A. Um, so... Landon, uh, what's going on with you, man? What's what's going on with your music career at the moment? Uh, at the moment, man, I'm just I'm in the studio with uh, with my boy Daniel G. I'm currently in the studio as we speak, um, working on some new fire and just trying to keep up with the times. You know, times are changing, music's changing. And uh, how do you find that the business has changed since you started to, to now? Um, I'd say that. That uh, that the depth, the depth in music, the the strength, the intensity is changing. You know, now it's 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 less about about lyrical ability and vocal ability, and more about you know how people feel about the the rhythm of the music. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's kind of why there's more um, like house music and dubstep and all that stuff is is gaining so much popularity because people are more into the instrumentation than the the vocals these days. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, cuz I enjoy dubstep too and house music. I love it. I can't lie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um and you say you're in the studio now. Are you where are you in Los Angeles? Yeah, I'm in Hollywood currently. Um my boy Donya G studio. Uh, working on something that me and him are going to um, hopefully show you guys one of these days. Awesome. And when you're, do you write in the studio? Do you write beforehand? What's your songwriting process like? Uh, you know, it, it, it depends on who you're going to be working with. I like to do, I like to get all the writing done before I get to the studio. That way I'm not in there wasting time. You know, we get in there and we knock as many songs out as possible. And um, I mean, but there are times when you're in the studio with people who have great vibes. And you get in there with them, and you make magic. So it depends, you know. It, it, it all it changes from time to time. Kind of let it go with the the moment then. And um, your bio says that your music is inspired by real life situations. Uh, like what? What what are your songs mainly about? Uh, I mean, just happiness. You know, I don't like to do too many too many. Downer songs, you know. I, I like to do do music where people can remember something amazing in their life or something that just made them so happy. You know, just memory music. You know, and I've mm-hmm. had a great life. You know, no matter what kind of media my family's gotten, uh, I just I've had great times, and I just I write about that. This interview, I should write a song about this interview right now. <laughs> I want to hear that one. Yeah. That's, what are you guys doing over that. there? What's going on over there? Tell me. Tell me what's going on with you guys right now. Well, I'm I'm sitting here in Brooklyn, wondering who this baby is that's calling in. And uh, <laughs> David, what are you doing over there in Florida? I'm I'm sitting down here in Florida with the air conditioner cranked up because as 
at this time of night, it's still in the 80s out there and quite humid, but uh, at least down here in the winter, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to worry about breaking my back shoveling sunshine. But <laughs> that's, that's me and you, because in California, we have sun year-round. My man, I spent, I spent 30 years out there, and uh, if I had it to do over again, I'd still be out there. I, I really love <laughs> the southwest, southern California, and, uh, and that area. I just love it out there. It is nice. It is nice. It's a place that you can really relax and really have fun at the same time. I really it like is. it. But Florida, Florida is dangerous. Florida is very dangerous. <laughs> Why is it dangerous? I went out to Florida one time, man, and I saw way too many beautiful women, all in the same area. They just, it just, it was messed up. Well, you know, you know where, where you are isn't all that rough either. Like I said, I spent a, a lot of years out there, and uh, you're, you're not really hurting for that scenery out there. <laughs> I, I think uh, true, New York deserves true. some. New York deserves some credit there too, because when I lived in LA for about two years, uh, yes, the the women were beautiful. But then when I moved to New York, I was like, oh, well, this this was unexpected, and they're gorgeous here as well. <laughs> oh. You're right, you're right. And you know what I like about New York is you constantly have to interact with people. There's nowhere you're going to go where you're not interacting with people. You've got to be on the subway. You've got to be walking the streets. You've got to be in cabs. And you definitely see some um, amazing, amazing women in, in New York. So I can't sell you guys short. That's a great somebody observation, watched, uh, putting, it, some, putting the uh, Somebody watched the first five minutes of Crash recently, no? <laughs> <laughs> Because isn't that like exactly what Don Cheadle says? I think I maybe did I did I say it word for word? Did I, did I do that plagiarism? <laughs> almost, almost. Um, so Landon, your who are your musical influences? I, I would imagine that uh, your father is one. My father is one. He he is one. Um, I listened to a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers when I was younger. Um, Red okay. Hot Chili Peppers, Prince. Michael Jackson, um, Aaron Neville, Otis Redding, a lot of people. But I always had these like these times of I would only listen to that particular artist. When I listened to Prince, I didn't listen to anything but Prince. When I listened mm-hmm. to Music Soul Child, nothing but Music Soul Child, you know. And yeah. I would study hard, study them so hard. And I have to say that, you know, I, I enjoy all of them. But to this day, man, when I hear some Red Hot Chili Peppers, man, whew. It is good. Would you say that the Red Hot Chili Peppers is your favorite artist of all time? Um, I don't know if I'd say my favorite of all time, but very, very close, man. Like I, I really, I, I really get in a good groove when I listen to some Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay, and who do you listen to uh, now? Like, is there anyone that's currently really killing it in in music that you listen to? You know what? Um, it's complicated because. I can listen to the radio, you know, and that's, you know, there's there's great music all over the radio, amazing artists. But I really love to hear those, you know, the talent in the studio that no one's heard yet. And they're just like, man, like you hear you hear about them word of mouth, but they just don't get the recognition that they deserve because they're so amazing, these writers and these performers mm-hmm. in the studio that are still reaching out. So I usually, typically, I listen to people's music that um, they gave me music in the studio, and we just, you know, we go up over each other's songs. So, uh-huh. um, Tanya G is one of them. Chris Good. I'm sorry, Yo. I think you were breaking up there. What did you say? Uh, I was saying 
artist is an amazing artist. Um, Danya G is an amazing artist. Chris Ivory. Um, I think she was just a Shea Fiol, uh, Charlie Zero. There's just there's like ridiculous amounts of artists that I could name that are so amazing, and you've heard their music yet. Yeah. And uh, David That's Bowers, right. I hear you chomping at the bit over there to ask Landon a question. Oh yeah, well I I want to preface the question, Landon, with a uh, with a statement. I want to get you to come over on my show sometime and uh, sit and talk oh, my with my God. listeners too. But uh, since yeah, since I <laughs> since I used the used the time to to steal one of uh, one of Ray's guests or try to, but yeah, seriously, I'd like to get you over on the show sometime. And you know, speaking of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I heard an amazing group from uh, Scotland who call themselves the Red Hot Chili Pipers. And they play rock and roll on bagpipes. It's an amazing act. They're on, on YouTube. Yeah, they play rock and roll with bagpipes, and it's really amazing. Because, you know, I hate to say this, and my my listeners over there would get on me really bad because it implies that it can't happen, or I thought it couldn't happen. But I was blown away. I did not expect them to be as good as they are. They really are good. They they of course use conventional instruments, or what we consider conventional instruments. You know, drums, guitars. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice, but uh, they also lead with bagpipes, and it's really a lot of fun. I, some people like bagpipes, some don't, but they are really good. They know what they're doing, and they kick ass. They really do a good job. But to the question, I did want to ask you. Now, I've read where you've said that your relationship with your dad, as far as the music was concerned, is yes, you do draw from your dad, and then there are other times when you – I want to say butt heads, but not in a bad way. Your your musical concepts, you will go against your dad's concepts at times in, in presenting your own feeling and your own styles. Tell us about that musical relationship between you and your dad and how it works. Well, it's 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 like I don't want to ever act like it's complicated because it's not. But it's if I if I could put it simply, I would say that. Everyone has their own kind of greatness, or everyone can be great in their own respect. And when you hear my father's music and you see his enthusiasm and his energy and the way that he he does everything that he does in his everyday life, that is his greatness. And when I do my music, it's it's not that I'm I'm going against the grain or I'm 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 going against his kind of music. It's that I am trying to build my own greatness, you know, and and instead of walking in my father's footsteps, walk beside them. So that's that's really what I'm what I'm trying to do. And right. I just I take I take pieces, you know, from his from his career and from his lifestyle to learn the the way to positively move throughout this industry. Yeah, when you're emerging from the shadow of a of a great performer and entertainer like that, I imagine that can be a struggle. I mean, you're you're to be commended for wanting to do it your own way, and in effect, you are actually doing that. But it's it's got to be a little bit of a struggle to pull away and stand alone without that uh, the, without the coattail effect. Yeah, I mean, you know. You, 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 you're someone's son, and they have done such amazing things that you're always tied to them. I, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I'm fine with that. If people would like to compare me, if people would like to, to give me these expectations, that's fine. And you know, if I, if I don't live up to them, it's because I'm living up to a different kind of expectation somewhere else, or my own expectations are different from theirs, and that's fine. That's perfect. It's cool. 
because I'm going to make my way and make my own greatness, you know? Me and my father have... I'm sorry, what? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. We have... um, (laughs) We have an amazing relationship. And no Mm -hmm. matter how different our music is, if you could see my father when I'm in the studio and and I play him something that I just finished up and how much joy he has, how excited he is to hear this bit of music. Not even, like, not even finished. Just put down the first verse. And he's already like a tear out his eye. Like if you, if you could see that, if people, if people saw that, then that they would, would know be, that. That would make a huh? great video. That would make a great video for you to pop up on YouTube or something when you, when you put your next, uh, your next collection together. If you had someone in the studio taping or filming it, you could do a, uh, you could do a video with you and, uh, and your dad there in the studio with you. That might, that might be a very, very interesting, uh, uh, with viral potential. Yeah, you're right. It might, that might, that might work out that way. You're right. You got it, but I mean. <laughs> That would be really nice, but now that me and my dad are the same size, it um <laughs> it doesn't have the the father son effect that that a lot of people would think it think it would. Um, me and my dad are two big guys too. I, I, you know I don't it's know like about that. You, you might feel that way, but I I've seen a lot of stars uh, that have grown up with their parents and. That that feeling, that effect is still there to the fans, the followers, the listeners. Uh, they realize and they accept. And in in many cases, when the artist has actually gone out and built a career as you're doing yourself, uh, they have a lot of respect for that. But that father son image is still there. Then you know what? I'm going to take a page out of your book and try that. Leave the cameras in the studio and and show how we vibe in the studio and how you can see us. You have to see it yourself, sir. You know you got to. When you look at me and my father in the studio and we're, we're trying to get the lyrics right and we're getting the vocals right, we've got to do it over and over and over and over, and you can see us bouncing ideas off each other without without that many words. You know, we're just like, no, this one, not, not like that, do it like this, and we just have great chemistry when, when, yeah, when it comes me. down to music. If it were me, I would have at least two cameras, so one could be on you all the time, one could be on your dad all the time, and not miss a moment because some of those reactions are going to be very spontaneous. And you're not, you know, I don't care how good the cameraman is, he's not always going to know. Now I got to get over to dad because dad's going to react. So if you have the two cameras doing the whole thing, and then you can edit it down later, I'd love to see that. You got to keep me in mind for that. I want to see that. Oh, and now David has just video. directed your next uh, Brown Family reality show. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to direct the music video, man. We're going to make my dash to a song together, and you should direct the video. There you go. Um, and uh, you, your father, of course, the great Bobby Brown. Your bio says that you and your father, Landon, are both adventurous and spend a lot of time trying to one-up each other. Is that true, and how do you go about doing that, if it is? Is that what my bio says? Really, um, I think maybe maybe years 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 ago when we were when my dad was just like um, it was kind of it was just father son competitive you know like like who can play basketball better which is obviously my father because I suck at basketball <laughs> or um, <laughs> you know who's faster or let's arm wrestle you know just stuff like that one up each other but when it comes down to to music he's nothing but support nothing but but lifting me, you know what I'm saying, and motivation. My father is a great person, man, and I and I'm not even just talking about music. When you meet this man, and you sit down, and you have a conversation with this guy, 
just he's just great people. He just he just believes in people. He just his energy is is magnetic, and mm-hmm. you just you just got to meet him, man. He's great that's, people. That's really great. I, I I really love, especially in this day and age, because there's there's so much lack of family unity and respect in in people today that I love to hear especially from the from the from the son or daughter's side I love to hear them right. when they have true respect for their parents and of course the fact that the parent earns the respect is also important but it it's just so good to hear someone say yeah my dad is a special person and you got to meet him I mean that that says a lot you should hear how my daughter my daughter says it. My daughter my daughter goes crazy for her pop. Oh, that's great. How is your daughter? <laughs> she's what, she three is now? amazing. Yeah, she's three, she'll be four next month and she is way too grown, man. Oh goodness. <laughs> it goes so fast. She's singing with daddy yet? <laughs> she's yeah, a bit, a bit, you know, just just like a... You are my sunshine, my own sunshine. <laughs> like she'll sing, she'll sing that. But when we get in the studio, she she gets real shy. Sure, sure. Speaking about singing <laughs> with, speaking about singing with, any chance you and Dad might be doing a collab? Um, you know, my my father is all over the country right now doing different shows. Um, I'm running around doing different shows. It, it when it when we get time to wind down and to to actually kick, hang out with one another. It's more of a relaxed time than to be in a studio time. Uh-huh. But that's just gotcha. been lately. So I would hope I would hope in the next few weeks I could get him on some of our relaxed time to get in the studio and we'll you know, we'll do something and I'll send it in to you guys. That's awesome. That would be great. Now Land and I um have had a number of um members of your family on, on the show up until now and, and Everybody has nothing but great things to say about your dad, um, and you clearly have a, a great opinion of him and a great relationship. Uh, was it difficult um, dealing with all the negative attention that he's gotten over the years? You're a pretty young guy. That couldn't have been easy when you were a kid. Um, I mean, as a child, and when, you, when, you, when you're growing up as a kid in, in that industry, in that kind of spotlight, yeah, it's tough. It's tough because you don't get it. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. And there's there's not there's not much a f- can say to make you understand. You know, you're just you're just the way you perceive the world is so much different. So, I mean, and there, and there's there's no way to stop people. You know how you know how people can yeah. be. Period. Just like people in general, they just they have so much to say to you and so many questions, and they need their imagination that they, they fill the blanks with imagination. They need you to fill the blanks for them, and they, they just go so overboard sometimes, but it helps you build thick skin. Well, I, speaking I, about, I have the thickest skin. Yeah, speaking of thick skin, you, you've got to have, because it couldn't have been easy. I know you had a baptism by fire uh, back in, what was it, uh, 2008 or so, when the uh, National Enquirer did that story, Stepson, Life with Whitney was a Nightmare. Oh how, goodness, how, did you, how did you deal with that? You know, um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a tough situation to deal with at first. First it was like, wow, man, they really just did that to me. And there was, not, there, there was nothing I could do about it. To me, there, that was it. But when they called me and asked me, you know, what did you say? 
then it was then it was rough, it was hard. It was rough because it was like, wow, I really just I did some kind of interview and slipped up and said something that they distorted and twisted into. I, I didn't said anything negative about Whitney, and they mm-hmm. they took something I said and placed it on her for more publicity or to make the story more juicy or whatever their reason. But it just sucked to have hurts my feelings that I had so much love for. So that was that was the hard part. But it was a tough lesson. It was a tough lesson to learn that. Yeah, There's I just some stuff that. you just have to be more specific about or just shut up. <laughs> and you learned an <laughs> early lesson on how to deal with the media. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a tough one. Not that the media yeah. would ever distort and twist your words or anything. but uh. Oh, never. <laughs> uh, Landon, in, in 2005, you, uh, you did not want to appear on – uh, Bravo's being Bobby Brown. Uh, why was that? Um, I I don't remember not wanting to be on the show. Uh-huh. Um, but in 2005, uh, I mean, I was on the show. I was on the show for like 30 seconds, but I was on the show. Okay. Fair enough. All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> I, your bio said you refused to appear on there, so um, really? but I guess not. Uh, yeah, uh, and then um, you are quoted as saying in your bio. Now, don't you know? Don't blame the messenger here, but I read about you. Uh, I do me, but I tone myself down a little more, except on stage. I'll try not to take my shirt off up there. They told me not to. Now, who told you not to? And is it difficult for you to keep your shirt on? <laughs> You know, man, I don't remember when I said that, but I'm pretty certain it was plenty of people in my camp that told me to keep my shirt on. <laughs> why do you th- why did they say that? Uh, well, I, I don't know, man. I guess I just have a hard time keeping my shirt on, man. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you have a pension so for taking life, your shirt off. Really hot, got your shirt off something. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, All if right. you get... The- if you get to tossing your shirt into the audience on, from stage, you're going to have a hard act to break there. <laughs> That's true. Last order of business before we go, we're going to play a game we always play on the show where I give you, Landon Brown, a list of things. You tell me if they are hot or a hot mess. Are you ready? Okay. All right, let's open it up. Oh, the mess, come and get you. Oh, love the mess, love the mess, love the mess. All right, first up on hot or hot mess, Justin Bieber, hot or hot mess? Uh, it's you know, it's an awkward question. Um, I, I guess I would say hot. His his talent is amazing. Um, he's really killing the world right now. He's doing a great job with his career. So I say hot. Okay. How about <laughs> Landon Brown playing basketball? Hot or hot mess? Hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find a sport that you excelled at, by the way? Um, I'm great at football and track and field. Great at football. I'm, I'm really good, yeah. A wide receiver. Okay, good. Pretty fast. <laughs> High leaper. Uh, next up no on... coordination for that. <laughs> uh, next up on Hot or Hot Mess, R. Kelly, Hot or Hot Mess? I personally believe that R. Kelly, that his music is hot. I, I think that he's an amazing artist. He's 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 one of the dopest ever. Can I can I let you in on a little secret and, and don't tell my co-host? But 
Uh, R. Kelly's my favorite artist of all time. Woo! See? <laughs> my <mind's> life. <laughs> now, why would you say don't tell your co-host? I would not hold that against you. <laughs> because, David, you gave R. Kelly so many hot messes on this show up until this point, so I, I, that's why I said don't tell you. Well, hey, listen. <laughs> you know, I, I guess you know, are. A lot of, a lot of hot artists uh, border hot nusses. I mean, you know, Justin Bieber, if you look at it from one perspective, he could be a hot mess. I mean, you got to temper it with the media's penchant for, uh, for, for yeah. reconstructing stories and twisting things. But, you know, if you believe mm-hmm. some of the stuff that comes out about him, uh, he could be a hot mess, too. So yeah, it's in perspective, but uh, no, I'd never I hold that against you. Reality is relative. That's what I would thought. Reality is relative. Perspective changes things. Uh-huh. Um, next up on Hot or Hot Mess, uh, Nicki Minaj, Hot or Hot Mess. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy her music. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm a little borderline. I would say hot, but sometimes I would say hot. Perspective. Uh-oh. You would say hot what? I'll, I'll say hot. I'll go with hot. You'll go with hot, okay. Yeah, um, with hot. And uh, let's just round it off with uh, my, uh, what's your name? Uh, Lindsay Lohan, hot or hot mess? Ah, uh, you would. <laughs> <laughs> he Lindsay never said Lohan. he was going to ask you easy questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lindsay Lohan. Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I played the fifth, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, some people are hot, hot messes. She could be that. <laughs> See, if I if I say that she's a hot mess, then that's just rude. But if I say she's hot, <laughs> then I, you know, I, I don't want anybody to take it the wrong way. I think she's an amazing actress. Oh, so hot. You're the one. Okay. <laughs> and in his in, and when his uh, recording career deci- when he decides to put that on the shelf, he's going to be running for office. We just don't know what district he's going to be in. <laughs> yeah. Very political answers, but that's just because you're a nice guy. Um, so, Landon, where can people find uh, your music? Where can they follow you? Where can people go on the internet? Uh, my management is setting up my website right now. It's labrownmusic.com. La Brown Music. Um, they can go on my Twitter at uh, La Brown Music, and um, I mean SoundCloud, Landon Brown, Landon B Brown on Facebook, uh, Reverb Nation, La Brown, La Brown. Um, there's there's plenty of websites, man. And I'm going to be sending you guys some music too. See you know, see if you well, like it. Glad to play at any time. Yeah. Um, I could Landon hear Brown. It is. At the same time. <laughs> yeah, it has been uh, a pleasure. Uh, will you come back on the show? Of course, man. Of course. I had a great time with you guys. And I want to get right. my invitation in there, too. Either you or, or your people have them contact me. My email is known to everybody in the world, david at thedavidbowers.com. Drop me a line. We'll work something out. I want to get you on my show, too. Okay, most definitely. All right, let's do it. Follow him on Twitter at L.A. Brown. Landon Brown, thank you so much for doing it, sir. Thank you, man. That's at La Brown Music on Twitter. La Brown Music. Yes, L.A. Brown. All right, thank you, sir. Take care. Have a good night and good luck in the studio. It's a pleasure talking with you, Landon.
It was the pleasure was all mine, guys. Take care. Have a good night. All right, that was Landon Brown calling from Los Angeles, California. And you, you know, the last time I went to Los Angeles, David, uh, I I would pull the car out of my driveway in the morning, and then I would just pull it back in at night because, like, you know, that's the I couldn't move anywhere but there. Oh no, it's not that bad. <laughs> if you get oh, on yes, the freeways during rush hour, yeah, it is. It's a it's a parking lot, but uh, every hour is rush hour there. You should yeah, see. It's not the, that bad. Oh, it's. I'll so tell you bad. what. The four oh five. Next, next time you're bad. going back there, you let me know. I'll take you out and I'll be your driver. How's that? <laughs> oh, David, the limo driver, sir. <laughs> there you go. You provide the car. I'll drive it. <laughs> well, I don't have a limo. You'd be. We'd have to go find my old 92 Accord, probably been uh, impounded or whatever they call it. Uh, well, I've driven worse. Drive me around in that. <laughs> huh? You've been I've worse? driven worse. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, there's there's a, that concert I want to go to this summer, the Counting Crows one that we talked about. And um, and then there's there's one more that I kind of want to go to where uh, – one of one of my favorite bands is uh, Panic at the Disco, and I'm I'm a little upset because this summer they're touring, but they're opening for Fall Out Boy, and Fall Out the Boy is the group that discovered Panic at the Disco, and so Fall Out Boy is headlining this tour, and now Panic has gone from being uh, a headlining act to being an opening act, and so now if I want to see him, I got to pay for the Fall Out Boy tickets and see him open for someone else, and that's I, I don't like. I don't like that, David. I wish that when when bands came come out, I wish that their fan base would stick with them so that they could still fill you know arenas and stuff. And I don't have to be going to see a band I don't like, paying for a band I don't like, uh, you know, just so I can see my boys open. Uh, frustrating. Have you experienced this? Well, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, but isn't it uh, isn't it quite likely that? Uh, this is a one shot, and they will be back on the road touring as uh, as the main attraction on their own shows after this is over with. Well, I don't know because they've had so many problems. Where the first problem was that their original what was it? I think their original bassist or something. He got kicked out of the group, and then they brought in a new guy, and so then you know that was kind of the panic of the disco as most people know it, and then. That was four guys, uh, Brandon Urie, John Walker, Spencer Smith, and um, Ryan Ross. And Ryan Ross wrote most of the songs and everything, music, lyrics, everything. Then what happened was uh, their their first album was very kind of emo, very electronic, um, and very unique. Their second album wound up harkening back to 60s uh, Beatles-like music, you know, and it was very it, – it took a totally – the band in a totally different turn, and that's where – Ryan Ross and John Walker wanted to go with the band, um, but Brendan Urie and Spencer Smith wanted to stick doing the, the electronic alternative stuff. So what happened was after that album came out and they toured that album, the two who wanted to do the old school 60s music, they left that band, formed a band of their own called the Young Danes, and uh, they tried that out and tried doing kind of, you know, this this older sounding rock and then they wound up breaking up but Panic at the Disco is still Brandon Urie and Spencer Smith but it's only two of them from the original collection and they tour with people from other bands now but the people from other bands haven't officially become Panic at the Disco yet so they've had so many issues that I don't know if this is a one-off thing I don't know if they're going to headline again I hope so 
You know, it reminds me of that AT&T commercial where the guy sits down with the little kids and this one little girl comes up with this big, long explanation to why she wants uh, a changing machine so she can change her brother into a puppy rather than just buying a puppy. (laughs) And after she goes through this long explanation, the man looks at her and says, well, when you explain it like that, it makes perfect sense. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about, though. I know the No, and I know well. what you're talking about, too. I just couldn't resist because that did, in fact, remind me of that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I do know what you're saying. And, it, yeah, it's it's a problem. And, as you know, these groups are, are very susceptible to transition and change. And uh, it happens so many times. There's been a lot of groups. I remember... Uh, probably the first time that I really became aware of it was uh, back in the 70s. Uh, there was a uh, there was a southern rock band out that I thought was really awesome. And just about the time I was getting into them, the Souther Hillman Fury Band with Richie Fury, and uh, about the time I started getting into them, they broke up and all three went off in their separate directions. I said, "You're going to be kidding me!" They were just they were just ready to really break. I thought, and poof, they were gone. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully that won't happen with this band. Um, and I'm still debating whether or not I actually want to go because I go every time Panic comes to town, but they've always headlined when I've gone before. So, and it's interesting because one of the times I saw Panic at the Disco was at um, Terminal Five, and uh, the band Fun opened for them. And now that would never happen. You know, Fun is out headlining all kinds of stuff now. Yeah, I mean, and I want to thank you for turning me on to them because you you turned me on to them. Uh, uh, I think it was a few months before they did uh, before they did uh, the uh, the Austin Festival there, uh, South by Southwest, and from mm-hmm. then on it was poof through the uh, through the top of the roof. They just took off. Yeah, yeah. Now they're they're huge. Um, so I think we can call it early tonight, David. I think we're think we're done with what we needed to do. Are you, are you ready to bounce? I'm ready, and I, I want to take a moment to thank you for uh, for having me along. I know you only grabbed me because your other co-host was occupied tonight, but I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to be here with you, and I really enjoyed being able to, uh, to get to know uh, Landon a little bit. It was uh, good talking to him, and I was dead serious. I, I would love to be able to get him on my show for my listeners. Well, I will put you right into contact with his management, and um, uh, it's always a pleasure and an honor to have you on, sir. I appreciate you coming on the show, um, especially at the last minute, uh, and we I'll look forward to listening to your next uh, spectacular episode. It sounds like it's going to be quite quite a lineup of the David Bowers Awards, and I may you know just say that it's my anniversary show instead, and just wait till wait till the legal issues begin. Um, but uh, last, I can think of no w- a better way of ending the show than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence, and if you have a Barbie doll, bend her backwards, strip her off them clothes, burn her knuckles on the stove, and leave her in some drawers somewhere. Good night, David. Good night, everybody. Good night, Ray.